0: Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. So good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. And I'm glad that I'm in the church of the living God. I'm going to turn to Philippians, the first chapter, and reading the sixth verse. So good to be here, and uh, four of my beautiful granddaughters are here tonight. I was sitting over there thinking, boy, I have beautiful granddaughters. I do. I really do. And I tell you what, they got a hold of my heart. There's nothing like the hug of a granddaughter. How many grandparents can agree with that? It's just something special. I remember the first sentence that Jillian ever said. I was holding her and walked out on my front porch and she looked at me and she said I love you grandpa and she repeated it and said it again you talking about melt my heart I'll never forget that I don't think I could forget that if I had Alzheimer's (laughs) Her second sentence was the same evening and she brought a bag of candy she said open for me nobody would open it but I opened it (laughs) but I'm telling you what I'm a blessed person blessed with my family blessed with my church family you're my church family tonight I told my wife this evening we were getting ready to come I said I love going to the Anchor Church just such wonderful people and you feel the spirit of the Lord somebody sent me a, a text last night and said I I see where your son's preaching in Alexandria, and I said, Yeah, he sure is. He said, you are probably sanctified, proud. I said, I absolutely am. Thank God for two sons that that are preachers of the gospel, and not only preachers, but excellent preachers. Men of faith. They're men of faith. Somebody told a fib on me one time and said, I was mean, I've never been mean. But uh, somebody said, he can't be that bad with two sons like he has. (laughs) I thought, take that, you old devil. Somebody else said, I wish my boys were like your boys. I said, well, the only difference in my boys and your boys is the church. I brought them to the house of the Lord and I trained them up in the way they should go. Man, when you've got the Lord... I'm telling you what, it'll change your life. It'll change your life. I I preached on an old song this morning that was uh, recorded in the 60s. I've got the Lord, I've got the Lord. Anybody know that? I've got the Lord, I've got the Lord. I've got the Lord, I've got the Lord. And that's enough, that's enough, that's enough. I'm telling you, it's enough when you have the Lord on your side. So let me do what I said I was going to do and read Philippians first chapter and 6 verse. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house tonight. Be confident of this very thing that he which begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you in prayer again tonight. We thank you for your spirit that's in this house. Thank you that you're a God of the mountain and the God of the valley. When things go wrong, we can call on your name and you'll make it right. I pray for the anointing for preaching tonight and for the anointing for the folks to receive it. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody says amen. And you may be seated. Praise God. I'm glad to be in his house in the multitude of his mercy. Somebody told me a while back, they said, you know, the devil's in the details. I beg to differ. I believe the Lord's in the details. I like an old song, and I, and I guess you probably caught on all the times I've been here. I like old songs. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from the sunshine, for the sky may turn to gray. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow because I understand that he's got the whole world in his hands. This morning old songs were just popping out of me like popcorn. But that's all I've known. I didn't listen to country or rock growing up. Mom would have beat the daylights out of me. But I grew up in a, in a, in a, in a gospel home and I, I grew up where my, my family love to sing the praises of God and I tell you, it's deep down in my heart and I'm telling you, when you hide the word of God in your heart, David said, I'm gonna hide it in my heart that I sin not against the Lord. I, I love the word, don't you? Amen. I like to read the word. I just uh, I just read the book of Proverbs and it was just, I love the book of Proverbs and I read the Song of Solomon now I'm in... The book of Isaiah and the first chapter talks about though your sin be as scarlet, you can be white as snow. You shall be white as snow. I I love those kind of scriptures. And and my Bible at home is marked up and and it's uh, highlighted the scriptures that I come across because it's so precious to me. You see, life throws you so many curveballs. And, and I, I'm, I'm, I can't stand here and tell you that, that I can explain everything that happens in my life or in your life, but I'm telling you what, I know sometimes I can't see past that curve in the river of life, but I know it's only a curve in the river of life. That, that he, I'm in the palm of his hand tonight. And no matter what happens, he's a sovereign God and he's in absolute control. And some of you have walked in here second-guessing the Lord tonight and wondering, why has all this happened to me? I believe it was Gideon who said, If if all these things you're telling me are true, he's speaking to the angel, of the Lord. He says, Why is why is this and thus so? Why is it so? Why is bad stuff happen to me all the time? I just was thinking a while ago, when's it gonna quit? You ever had a bad time? I was coming out from the church and a deer jumped in my windshield. Boom, it just exploded. I didn't know whether a bomb had hit me or what. And I had to look. I circled around and couldn't find anything. And I finally looked through a little piece of glass and drove home only two miles, two or three miles home. And I got there and I seen some deer hair so I knew what had happened. I busted the back glass on my wife's SUV, dishwasher went bad, refrigerator. uh, Man, all kinds of stuff. Just one thing after another. I say, it's enough! How many's ever felt like that before? Where are you? I need you. But I'm here to tell you today, I know that God is in control and that he's in the details of our life. Praise God! <laughs> I was carrying my crossbow up to my little shoot house one day. Just not even crazy about hunting, but I was bored, and I thought I'll go up and just I'll just watch them. And I, I I climbed the ladder and I reached and took my crossbow off and stuck it in the little door so I could go in. And when I stuck it in, the thing went off and almost cut my finger off, shattered my bone, my knuckle, and I'm thinking, why me, Lord? I don't even like that song they sang in the 70s. Why me, Lord, what have I ever done? I can't see how that made the charts. (laughs) But I was wondering about that. But then when I walk down through the pages of the Word and I see the lives of people and the things that have taken place in their life and the details, and and I see how they've struggled and been persecuted and, and, and been prosecuted, Grace God, I look in the book of Esther and, and, and uh, I was reading the book of Esther and it's a, it's a great book and how that, that uh, the, the king's wife, she got rebellious and when he sent for her to come, he wanted to show her beauty to the people of the kingdom. She said, I'm not coming. I'm not coming. And they said, you can't let her get by with that. If you do, every wife in Zanesville will be against their husband. (laughs) Every wife in the kingdom, they'll rebel against their husband. And he said, Well, what should I do? They said, You need to let us find, go out and gather up all the young, beautiful virgins and bring them in, and you can pick a new one out, and she can be queen instead of Vashti. Man, and he did that. I imagine Vashti's thinking, What did I do? I'm locked up down here with the concubines now. When I used to be, I used to be the queen. But I'm telling you what, God has his way to work a work where he can make his will come to pass. I don't understand why he does it. I'm sure this was confusing. And then Esther became queen through a long process because the Lord gave her favor to the chamberlain. And the Bible says that Mordecai, her, her cousin, was sitting in the gate of the city. And, and uh, man, Haman, Haman would come by and he was the favorite of the king and, and everybody would bow down and, and reverence him. But Mordecai wouldn't. He said, I'm not going to do it. I'm a Jew and we don't bow down to any man. Yeah. Yeah. Out of all the people, the thousands in the kingdom, why did Haman get irritated with one Jew? But he did. And so he had this master plan. He, he was going to have Mordecai put to death. But one day Mordecai heard two people talking and, and, and they were talking about they were going to assassinate the king and so he sent word to the king and they found out it was true and so they hung both of those guys. And so time went on and And man, Haman went to the king and he said, there's a group of people that that you shouldn't even tolerate them at all. And so he gave him permission to do whatever he wanted to to God's people. And he made a decree and, and a king's decree cannot be changed. And so Mordecai heard the news and he read the decree and he sent word to Esther, he said, they're getting ready to kill all of us but who knows that you're in the kingdom for such a time as this. She said, I can't go in. If I walk in without permission and I haven't been called and he doesn't stick out that golden scepter, they're gonna kill me immediately. It is a death sentence for you to walk into the chamber to the throne room without being invited. And he said, don't think you're gonna escape, but who knows whether you're come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Man, and, and it's an amazing story. You need to read the whole book if you hadn't read it. It's an incredible story. And so, uh, man, Haman, Haman, he was coming in one day to see if he could hang Mordecai, already built the gallows. Man, and Esther, she came in. She came in to the king, and, and when she walked in, he said, Esther, he was in love with her. He was in love with her. Man, she melted his heart. And he said, Up to the half of the kingdom, what do you need? She said, I just want you to come to a banquet I've prepared and I want you to bring Haman too. Man, he got all bubbly inside and he thought, Oh my goodness, I'm the only one that's ever been invited to a banquet with the king to see the queen. He went home and he bragged about it, and here's poor Mordecai laying in ashes. I'm sure he was in the mass confusion, wondering why all these things had come up on him and upon his people, man. And uh, and he was gonna he was gonna get permission to put him to death. But the king couldn't sleep that night. And I know I'm cutting this story really short, but. He said, "Bring me the uh, the book of Chronicles, I believe it was." He said, "I want you to," and he was reading that. And and when he did, he seen where Mordecai had had told about the assassins, and and he said, "What's been done to that guy?" And they said, "Nothing." He he said, "Who's in the court?" And Haman just came there to get permission to hang him, and and when he did. He said, uh, tell Haman to come in. And when he did, he said, what would you do to the man that that the king would like to delight himself in? And and him being such a narcissist that he was, you know what he said? He's got to be talking about me. You give the devil enough rope and he's going to hang himself. Don't ever give up on God because he has a strategic plan. You might not be able to see it where you're standing right now this night, but he's God and he's in absolute control. Praise God, hallelujah. I've seen him do it time and time again. Praise the Lord. And when he, when he did, he, Haman thought, well, he's talking about me, so I'm going to fix myself up real good. He said, well, I'd take, I'd take the robe the king used to wear and, and I'd take the, the, the horse the king used to ride and, and the ring. and Man, I'd set him up on a horse and, and I'd lead him through the kingdom saying, this is the man that the king would delight himself in. He said, that is a great idea. You do it to Mordecai the Jew and don't let anything keep you from it. Woo, hallelujah. You see what the devil means for bad. God can turn it around and make it good because he's in every detail of our life. He knows where you are right now at this moment and you're in the palm of his hand. Praise God. Hallelujah. Next thing you know, he's going home with his head covered. His wife said, it's too bad. If you're falling already, you're going to have a bad day. (laughs) Nothing like an encouraging wife, huh? (laughs) Praise God. And as soon as as that happened, they said, it's time to go to the banquet. It's time to go to the banquet. Man, he went to the banquet. And... Here she starts crying. I can't stand it for my wife to cry. I can't stand it. She can have anything she wants. (laughs) I'd sell the house, my truck, anything. Just don't cry. (laughs) And Esther was crying. He said, what's wrong? She said, there's an evil man and he wants to kill me. He wants to kill me. She feels that way about me too. Somebody told me one day at church when we were younger, they said, there's a crazy man outside. I said, he's scaring everybody. I went outside and I seen it was one of the guys at the church and he had a wig on. So being the person I was when I was your age, I said, come here behind the building. I said, get your hands around my neck and act like you're choking me to death. <laughs> <laughs> and we stepped out behind the church and I said, help! Help! and she had just stepped out I'm telling you what she put those legs in motion and she had her pocketbook and she was running dead at that guy he let go of my neck and he took off running I said what were you going to do when you got there or somebody asked her she said I don't know I just know he had had the love of my life by the neck and he was hurting him and I was going to hit him with my pocketbook I'm telling you what, that's the way it was with the king. And he said, who is this evil man that wants to kill you? She said, it's that evil Haman. Man, and I'm telling you what, the king jumped up off the bed and he went out on the balcony and and old Haman fell on his face on the bed and he began to beg for his life and the king came back in. he said, are you going to force the queen in front of the king? Man, they covered his head and somebody said, you know, he just built a gallows for Mordecai that saved your life. He said, you take him and hang him on that gallows. Praise God, the next thing you know, Mordecai took his place. You see, sometimes things look really bad and we don't understand what we're going through, what we're going through, but God allowed him to be in the gate of that city so he could hear about the plot against the king. And the next thing you know, he's in the kingdom and he's in command because our God is in control and there's not a devil in hell that can keep you down if you've got the Lord on your side. You might be in the middle of a trial or a test or an affliction or even a setback, but I'm here to tell you there's not enough devils in hell that can keep you in your valley. He's the God of the mountain and he's the God of the valley. When things go wrong, when you speak that name, He's able to make it right. No wonder David said, "He picked me up out of my clay and set my feet upon a solid rock and established my goings." He's put a new song in my heart. Hallelujah! There's nobody like the Lord. You can be confident of this very thing: that He, which hath begun a work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You may be seated. I was thinking about, we grew up in an independent church and my wife and I moved to North Carolina. I'd had a, I'd had a vision or a dream, I don't remember what it was but I remember seeing a, a little boarded up church over in the field. And for days, we looked on the back roads trying to find that little boarded up church because I knew if I found that, I would be where God wanted me to be. So we moved to North Carolina, went to Mark Foster's church when he was pastor of Heaven View Tabernacle and stayed down there about a year in North Carolina and then they offered me five more dollars an hour if I'd transfer back to West Virginia I was traveling with the Carpenters Union, so we came back, but I got acquainted with Unana Pentecostal Church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and I came back and talked my pastor into to, uh, getting licensed license with Unana Pentecostal Church. He had a bad t- taste in his mouth because years prior, some old gentleman told him that you couldn't go to heaven if you didn't have a card with a UPC. <laughs> What an illiterate statement. I carry the card and I love United Pentecostal Church. It's the greatest thing going. But that don't get me into the kingdom of God. I've been born into the kingdom of God. I joined the UPC and I'm still a member, but I've been born of the water and of the spirit. Praise God. But I, I came back to West Virginia and, and the next thing you know I was licensed in West Virginia with United Pentecostal Church and, and uh, we, we went to visit in North Carolina and we pulled up on the lot of Heaven View Tabernacle and when I pulled up there on the back lot my wife said, you're pale as a ghost. You look like you've seen a ghost. not I just pointed And right out in that field is that church I seen in the vision. And I had described it until she knew what I was talking about. She said, that's that little church. If I would have seen that when I was going to church there, I would have never left that church. But God took me there so I could get acquainted with with a wonderful United Pentecostal church. And I became a church planner. That's why your pastor is pastor here tonight. Because he got called to preach And he got a burden for souls through being a home missionary's kid. You see, I don't know why I had to go. I didn't know why I had to go there and be there for a little while and then come back. But God is in absolute control. Praise God. I'm telling you what, you're a miracle in the making. Your greatest days are ahead. You might have fallen down and stumbled. You might have a fat lip and a black eye, but I'm here to tell you that the fight's not over until the last bell's rung. You might have dropped a touchdown pass, but I'm here to tell you the game is not over. We're still in the fight. We've got bumps and bruises, but we've got a God that's in absolute control tonight. Praise God, I have good news for you tonight. God's plan for your life is greater than the dilemma you're going through. You may be seated. Don't let fear control your life. I read a story about a girl in Indiana that she was always afraid. She was afraid a burglar was in her house all the time. And she was married... She got married, she's still afraid. Every night, she just about every night, she said, Oh, there's somebody downstairs. And he go look and come back. And finally, after about 10 years, said one night he went downstairs when she asked him to and said, sure enough, there's a thief in the kitchen with a gun. He says, put your hands up. He said, Hold on. I want to go get my wife, so she's been looking for you for most of her life. Keep looking for it, you'll find it. The people that say I can, the people say I can't, both of them are usually absolutely right. I'm telling you what, we do not have to be afraid of the devil because we've got the Lord on our side and what God has promised, he's gonna bring it to pass. There's not enough opposition to keep you down. Jesus has too much invested in you for you to give up on you tonight. We're people that make mistakes, aren't we? I told somebody, I said, this is not the perfect church. Somebody said, I'm looking for the perfect church. I said, you're in the wrong church. Really? Yeah. I said, if it was the perfect church, I couldn't pastor it but we're imperfect people, but we're striving for perfection, and we serve a perfect God. Hallelujah. Praise God, Jesus was destined to go to the grave, but I'm telling you what, he was also destined to come out of the grave. The grave couldn't hold him, and I'm telling you what, your valley can't keep you down. He's the lily of the valley and the bright and morning star and the fairest of 10,000. If you're in the lion's den, he'll shut your lion's mouth. If you're in the midst of your fiery furnace, he'll be that fourth man in your fiery furnace. I felt, I went through bad times before. I remember and I'll, I'll always remember, I can't help it, the lowest time in my life. I remember I'd been attacked by people that I thought really loved me. And I, I remember sitting in a meeting and I couldn't stand up and, and I couldn't speak. I felt like my my insides, my spirit had been sucked out of my body. I just felt void inside. Praise God. Lowest point of my life. You know what? I just stood on the rock. I had my mind made up. I could have said, I'm sick of this. I'm through with this. You see, even in the church, there's people that that have problems in the church. Your pastor and an old black brother and my son David used to sing, trouble in my way, I gotta cry sometimes. So much trouble, I gotta cry sometimes, lay awake at night, but that's all right because I know Jesus is gonna fix it after a while. Praise God, stepped in a furnace a long time ago, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but they didn't worry because this they knew that Jesus was gonna fix it. I'm here to tell you, I've got full confidence in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm not worried what's going to happen in the election. I'm not worried what's going to happen next week because I know that God is in control and the stage is being set. Praise God. And we're going to have revival if it gets darker by the day, the darker the night, the brighter the light. Jesus is the light of the world. And I'm telling you what, ye are the light of the world. The city is set on a hill that cannot be hid and the devil can't snuff your light out. Woo! I'm glad I got the Holy Ghost tonight. Hallelujah, you may be seated. You may be seated, praise God. I'm glad that the Lord's in the work. He, he's an amazing God and I believe your future is greater than any problem Job had a bad time but the Bible says the Lord turned to captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had prior I'm sure in the middle of his dilemma he, 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 and he even, he even spoke it I can't find God anywhere he's there all the time He's there all the time. And so the Lord blessed Job in the latter end more than his beginning praise God I'm telling you what God will bring you out of that trial and he'll bring you out of that affliction he'll bring you out of that experience that you're going through I'm sure Joseph whenever he came to check on his brethren and, and they they began to connive against him and say we're just going to kill him when we get here we hate that dreamer he's preferred by our father and when they got there they threw him in a pit that didn't have any water and here he is I'm sure He's thinking, God, what about my dreams? What about all those things you told me? And here I am in a pit and they're getting ready to kill me. Next thing you know, they sold him into slavery. And you just follow the the weave of his life as he goes out of the pit and then on the auction block and he's auctioned off as a, a slave and then in the pottiparer's house and, and then falsely accused and cast into the dungeon and he's down in the dungeon but he maintained a good spirit. How did he keep such a good spirit? Such a good spirit that they put him over everything that happened in the prison. I hope I wouldn't have a pity party. you ever feel sorry for yourself? I don't want to have a pity party. But here he is and the Bible says that the butler and the baker were cast into prison and they both had dreams. And You know, the king probably did that pretty regular because they wasn't worried. But they wasn't, they wasn't happy one day. He said, what's wrong? You're sad today. He said, we've dreamed a dream. We don't know what it is. And, and make a long story short, he said, well, butler, in three days you're getting your job back and, and the baker, they're going to cut your head off in three days. And he told the butler, he said, whatever you do, don't forget me. And the Bible says it happened exactly like he said, but the butler forgot Joseph. He forgot him. There's no way that your natural mind can conceive a reason why that would happen to you if you were righteous. You see, Joseph didn't understand, sold by his brethren, sold as a slave, and and incarcerated for for a false accusation. But there came a day when, when, when the Pharaoh had a dream and nobody could figure it out, and the butler said, I remember my fault this day. There's a man down in the dungeon, and he interprets dreams. Man, the next thing you know, here's Joseph down there, scrubbing and cleaning and sweeping and serving, and the next thing you know, he was all cleaned up and dressed up and standing in the presence of a king. Devil, I want you to know something tonight. I might be going through a difficult time, but I'm going to be standing in the presence of a king. It doesn't make any difference how I get there as long as I get there because God's in control of my life. He's in control of my life. I'm so thankful for the Lord tonight. You may be seated. Man, I'm telling you what. if The, the Bible says in Psalms 30, 34 and 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. My wife had a really bad time this past year. and She found out, she thought she had asthma. She found out she has a, a uh, problem with her vocal cords and they won't shut off and, and, uh, and it, she feels like she's going to smother a lot of times and she's been going to a doctor they finally found out what was wrong and, and uh, she went back to the doctor the other day and the lady, the lady said I have never seen anybody recover as fast as you've recovered I'm going to miss you so bad she said why is it when I get somebody I really like a lot then they have to leave real quick but she gave the credit to God I don't understand why she had but it touched it touched the heart of that doctor because the Lord touched her you see many are the affliction of the righteous but Brother Trammell in Michigan, he called me one day. He said, you tell your wife, the Lord says, many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord going to deliver her out of them all. I like a word from the Lord, don't you? Does God still speak? I remember standing right here, and I was so confused. We tried to move to Ohio. We tried to move here we went and, and told these people we want this house right up here. I don't know what street it is towards your house. And uh, South Zanesville and And we had perfect credit. We came back a few days later or a week later and there's somebody living in there. We had perfect credit. There was another apartment right on up the road. It had been burnt and they were remodeling. We stopped and they said, well, it'd be ready pretty soon. I said, well, put my name on the list. I want it. We had perfect credit. Came by and somebody's living in it. Another house was put up for auction and nobody bought it and I tried to buy it. They said, you can't buy it. Sorry, it's going to have to come up for auction again sometime later and I was confused and I didn't know where to go or what to do I had been in Salt Lake City four years and revival non-stop and, and, and I got a panic to leave there I just felt like I got to get out of here and I moved back across the country and I was standing right there I had just talked to my wife Jillian was sick that Sunday night and she couldn't come and I said I am packing up and leaving tomorrow She said, I said, I'll come back when I find the will of God. Have you ever been miserable? She started crying again. You're leaving me. I said, yeah, I am. (laughs) I started crying. There ain't nothing any worse than being out of the will of God. But I was standing right there and I bowed my head and Brother Guy was here and he was preaching and we were in the altar, a whole bunch of folks. He was closing his sermon and I said, God... I gotta have an answer right now. Man, as soon as I said that, George Guy said, Elder bounds! And some of you were here. Said, You're out of the will of God. You'll know in a few days, and you'll be happy. Praise God. <laughs> I'm telling you what, desperation demands attention. When well, you don't know where to go or what to do, call on that name. <laughs> I went right after that, a few weeks later, I went to to uh I, a friend told me, he said, "If I if I pay your way, will you go to Apostolic Conference?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to go. I've never been." And so I was sitting back about ten rows back, Apostolic Conference. There's all kinds of preachers, hundreds of preachers and their wives back there, sitting in the congregation, and Mark Morgan is is preaching, and and I I felt like I was in the will of God to go to Parkersburg, but. I wanted to know for sure and I said, God, God, I don't, I don't want to be in your permissive will. I want to be in your perfect will. And I need you to speak to me right now. And as soon as I said that, Brother Jill, Mark Morgan stopped preaching. And he looked at me. I was sitting about where you were a little further back. He walks right back to me. Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost. I just asked the Lord and he said few preachers have given unselfishly to the kingdom and you're one of them and your decisions have been right and you ain't going to have to worry about nothing and turn around and walked off. Instant, instant. Right when I didn't think God knew where I was at I was just in in the palm of of his hand. You can ask the girls tonight. In Parkersburg in the last two and a half years they've baptized over 300 people. Hallelujah. Little did I know that God had a plan for Parkersburg and he was leading me there. We bought a building. In one year we bought a building and and when I bought it, I got him down $70,000 and he said, you get the parking lot too. And the parking lot rent from the insurance company paid for that building all while we were in that building. I didn't have to worry about anything. Man, I needed carpet really bad and I had it coming. I didn't have the money. And my wife and I prayed, God, we would got to have $4,500. I got a letter the next Tuesday and it said, Pastor Bounds, the Youth Department of the United Pentecostal Church is happy to inform you that we have allocated $4,525 paid for our carpet. I'm telling you, just when you think that God's not listening, you can understand that he's in the details of your life. He's got you in the palm of his hand. You might feel like you're in the dungeon tonight, but you're coming out in Jesus' name because he knows exactly where you're at and he's in control. I love you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. You're the mighty, amazing God. There's nobody like you in all the earth. You hear and answer prayer time and time again. He, he's heard my prayer and answered like that. What do I have to worry? Come on to the music, please. What do I have to worry about? Brother Cody, you don't have to worry. Brother Nehemiah, he just kind of weaves things in our life. And with that, God, what do you, what's going on here? Just hold on. When you got troubles and things go wrong, don't fear the battle, it won't last too long. Don't doubt Jesus for he knows your care. Hold on till he answers. Can you lift your hand up right now? Hold on. Reach up and get a hold of a promise. God, I thank you that your promises are yay and amen. And there's people in this congregation tonight, Lord, they've walked in this place not knowing their what to do or where to go, but they're in the right place in the right time according to your direction, Lord. And reach into their heart and comfort them tonight and let them know that they're in your hand tonight. Oh, God. If you need a touch from the Lord tonight, won't you just make your way up here? He knows if you're sick tonight. He knows if you're in depression tonight. Praise God. There's not a mountain too high that God won't move out of your way at the mention of his name tonight. I've got confidence in Jesus tonight. Won't we gather around? Won't we just gather around right now? And I can just, I can just feel it. You're thinking in your, your mind right now. Is he talking about me? I'm talking about you right now. Oh Jesus! You see, when I thought I needed sunshine, it seems like. Sometimes I got rain when I thought I needed healing. It seemed all I could find was pain. Looking for a mountaintop, it just seems like valleys is all I would see. But Jesus always seems to know exactly what I need. And right in the midst of the moment of desperation, when I called on his name, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, I know there's something, can you sing that with me? About that name, you're my master, savior, Jesus, you're like the fragrance after Won't you really pour your heart out to him right now? Oh, Jesus. Lord, we're calling on your name tonight. Oh, Jesus, let all of heaven and earth But there is something about that name. While your head's bowed, while your head's bowed, you, you might be so full of guilt right now. Mistakes you've made last week, they might have filled your mind till you feel like that you're just not worthy. You don't have to be worthy tonight. But the blood of Jesus Christ, the Bible says, will cleanse us from all of our sins. I've got the Lord tonight. You've got the Lord and that's enough. When the little woman was brought to Jesus and she had committed adultery and the Pharisees wanted to kill her, but Jesus looked at her after her accusers had disappeared and said, woman, where are thine accusers? She said, "I don't have any." He said, "Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more." You know what the Lord wants you to do tonight? He wants you to repent of your past right now. If you've got sins that you haven't repented up, won't we just do that right now? Can you bow your head? And, oh God, you said, "When and if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, and that's you." Forgive us of our sins, Lord, and wash us clean. It will be whiter than snow. Thank you for the blood that you shed on Calvary. Oh, God, if we can stand here and lift up holy hands because of that blood that you shed. Forgive us of our sin tonight. Lord, we lift what well, we lift our hands up right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your blood. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast.